You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Blue Jays talk directly in your ear, wherever you may be. I am your host, Ryan Andrews, and uh, this this is going to be a, a somber edition of Locked on Jays. I'm, I'm not going to mince words. It, it's going to be very uncomfortable. Um, we're going to talk about what James Paxton did to his hometown club last night after the break, but obviously the biggest news surrounding the Blue Jays organization has to do with Roberto Osuna, and that story broke pretty much after we right after we wrapped up recording yesterday's episode with Sean Doyle which you know wasn't great for the timing but I guess it does allow for a bit of reflection and what can be done about it so that's what we're going to focus on here during the first part of today's episode there won't there won't be a point counterpoint it was a very successful segment and we will be doing it again in the future but the clearly not not the time, not the tone uh, we want to have considering the severity of the issue that the Blue Jays organization is now dealing with. So uh, just to get everyone caught up, uh, on Tuesday, uh, it was revealed Roberto Osuna had been arrested and and held by the police on account of assault. Now, Canada doesn't have a specific domestic violence charge. So Osuna is just being held on account of assault. Uh, He's been placed on administrative leave by Major League Baseball. That means he can be out for seven days or they can extend it if there are extenuating circumstances. And there might be because Osuna's court date has already been set for June 18th. So obviously if he has to be held out of baseball activities to deal with this. He will be out for a long time. And honestly, that's that's for the best. I'm I I did say a few things about this on Twitter yesterday, and I'm not gonna mince words. This is this is more than disappointing. This is disgusting. This this should not be happening at at this point. With all with all the strides that women have made in recent years, this sort of thing should not be happening and it definitely should not be accepted. And the reactions I've seen on Blue Jays Twitter, they've ranged from sharing those feelings of disappointment, those feelings of hurt, those those feelings of betrayal, uh, to wondering, you know, let's get some facts let's let's hear what actually happened to maybe maybe it was nothing this this is clearly not nothing if it was nothing there wouldn't be a court date there wouldn't be charges there wouldn't be pictures of roberto osuna sitting in a jail cell with his hands behind his back like this is incredibly serious and this goes beyond baseball like the the fact of the matter is like a, this is a a devastating blow for for Blue Jays nation. Roberto Osuna was one of the feel good stories 
uh, of that playoff run, this young young pitcher coming into his own, seizing the closing job that had long been a, a rough spot for the Blue Jays since the days of Tom Henke. And for him to go and commit such a heinous act, and re- regardless, regardless of what level it is, and, and again, I've seen people say, oh, we don't, we don't know exactly what happened. It, it doesn't matter. You, you assaulted your partner, whatever level it is on. It is not, there, there is no black and, and white and shades of gray with that. You assaulted your partner. There, there's, there's nothing coming back for that. And, and honestly, there's, the, it, it's, it's similar to the Araldus Chapman thing in that I don't want Roberto Osuna on this team anymore, to be honest. He's he's damaged himself that badly. The the only comparable I have for this recently was when Kevin Pillar used a derogatory term in the middle of a game uh, against St. Louis a couple years ago, and that was that was very offensive. And Kevin has grown from that. He's he's shown that he's learned from that incident, and I I believe there's growth there, but saying a derogatory term in the heat of the moment is far, far less grievous than striking another human being, striking someone who has placed a a lot of trust in you and treating them in in such a manner. It's th- this is not a simple rehabilitation. This is not uh I'm gonna donate to women's shelter. No, this is a black mark on Roberto Osuna that will be with him for the rest of his baseball career and, and potentially for the rest of his life. And, and we're not just talking about baseball. We, we are talking serious legal repercussions. Um, Eric Macromella wrote a piece for Forbes uh, earlier today that said, because of the legality of, of these charges, the ongoing trial, Roberto Osuna could be out for the rest of the year dealing with, with the repercussions of this and he may not be able to travel to the states so what what do i get i guess the question we have to turn to is what do the blue jays as an organization do in in a way the blue jays were left off were let off the hook by mlb preemptively placing him on administrative lead that mean that meant the blue jays were excused from doing something immediately um but in the statement that the Blue Jays put out, um, uh, Joyfield Collins is one of the members of jaysfromthecouch.com. She's a PR rep. She she handles a lot of those. And she actually pointed out how weak the statement that the Blue Jays made was. Specifically the phrase, this incident is not reflective of our values as an organization. And she wanted to highlight that phrase because cause really... It, it shouldn't just be because of your values of an organization. It should be your values as a human being, as, as people. You should not accept this. Not just because because it's it's baseball. You should not accept what Roberto Osuna has done because of, of just basic human decency. And and it it was it was actually nice to see Gibby, John Gibbons go go on it a bit harder than the blue than the Blue Jays official statement. John Gibbons saying there was act absolutely no place for it, and that that society has to do more to protect the vulnerable. And I, 
I, I do agree with that sentiment. I'm, I'm not sure if I would have said it exactly how Gibbon said it, but I do appreciate that he is taking a stronger stance on this. And I think that says more about what we can expect going forward. Like, like again, um, Macromella said Osuna might not be seen for the rest of the year. I, I would have a very difficult time seeing Osuna in general. And, and honestly, this could be grounds for, for expulsion. This could be grounds for release for me. I, I, I can't reconcile this. I, I can't, I, I, I can't root for someone who, who would behave like this. So it's very difficult for me to, to go forward and not want this 23 year old to fail because because of what he did and it, i i know in sports a lot of times teams force you to reconcile with rooting for people who you know have done horrible things but this this is this is just in, incredibly difficult and i i know we're gonna have to oh who's gonna replace him as closer like like honestly it's so much bigger than that and i don't think we can properly talk about it so that that's where i stand personally on this osuna issue it's a it's a despicable act by a person who is forever tainted now in my mind and i i don't know where the organization goes from here but getting rid of him and 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 making sure he knows how severe the repercussions are going to be for what he did that's the priority in my mind it's it's not about the product on the field it's about this man and what he did that's the biggest thing going forward all right um we will talk about what happened in the ball game last night right after this all right so i don't want to say that karma was a factor in last night's game but if, if there was ever going to be a night the Blue Jays were going to be no hit, that was it. And I'm actually really happy. Like, of, of any pitcher in Major League Baseball, James Paxton would have been incredibly high on my list of pitchers who I want to root for to do well. So seeing Paxton just absolutely dazzle the I I want to I I want to say dazzled because like it, it looked like Blue Jays hitters were absolutely spellbound by what Paxton was throwing there. He he only throw throws three pitches the majority of the time, but that curveball was working, and and the fastball he was he was hitting 99 on the gun in that final at bat against Josh Donaldson, and you know to see that to see him celebrate to see him pointing to the maple leaf on his arm after that it was it was a feel-good moment for canada it wasn't a feel-good moment for the blue jays but it was a feel-good moment for canada and and for a guy who's been dealing with injury almost his entire career who finally put together a good season last year the the to see paxton's run of form since i guess that eagle landed on him it's it's been remarkable and and again i'm i'm so happy for james i'm i'm happy he got this achievement on on home soil against a team that initially drafted him and did not offer him enough money to sign him 
the, the that he would go, be able to go out there and, and put on a historic performance. He's only the second Canadian to throw a no-hitter. To see Paxton go out there like that, I it was it was remarkable. It it, it restored faith in baseball a little bit. Um, now, on the other side of that coin, if you listen to yesterday's podcast with Sean Doyle, you might have heard me say how the Blue Jays' early season heroics masked a lot of the problems on offense. Yeah, those problems on offense were still there and still very much evident. Like, if if you're telling me James Paxton was going to throw a complete game shutout, I'm like, oh, well, he, he would have gotten double digits and strikeouts. No, no, he only struck out seven Blue Jays last night. He walked, he walked three, but he only struck out seven. And there was a lot of just, again, it's contact that's going right to people. It's easy ground outs. Like they're not they're not putting good lumber on the ball. They only really threatened Paxton once, and that was in the third inning when they got walks from Morales and Alford. Which, if Kendris Morales is your lead runner, you don't really have a threat from second base. But again, just weak contact after weak contact. They were letting letting James Paxton do whatever they wanted, and again. Just bailing him out when when Kevin Pillar is hitting into double plays, you know, you know it's it's not the night for you. But just the inability of these Blue Jays to put together consecutive hits, to put together consecutive productive at bats, is really worrying. And again, you you look at guys in the lineup. Kendris Morales is still in the lineup. He's now batting 148. Russell Martin is batting 139. Josh Donaldson is two, batting 211, and I know he's just coming back from injury, but since that doubleheader against Cleveland, he has not gotten a hit. His streak is starting to approach Kendris's. It, it's not, it's not good from any facet of that Blue Jays offense outside of Kevin Pillar. And this is the same thing we saw last year: a bunch of guys who were lucky to hit 250, who couldn't string together consecutive hits those consecutive at bats to try and drive in runners they were doing it earlier in the season but now it just seems like they've gotten away from it and are just swinging for the fences again which is not a successful approach because pitchers know that pitchers know that most players are swinging for the fences now so if you are doing that they know how to work around that they know how to get out like avoid giving up that fly ball for the most part and get the weak contact because you're trying so hard to swing it. You're just putting the tip of the bat on the ball. I, I don't know how you fix this immediately for the Blue Jays. There, ha- there has to be like a collective shift in approach. And, and again, we talked about yesterday, you can't have Kendris Morales batting 148 as your DH. You can't have such minimal production from your DH slot. And Curtis Granderson was supposedly available off the bench if, you know, there wasn't a lefty there. So we'll probably see him to, well, uh, we'll see him later. Um, Wade LeBlanc is starting for Seattle today. Really, really the Blue Jays should not be no hit twice in a row, especially by a guy who they, who they let go from Buffalo like a couple years ago. So, Yeah. We won't. We probably won't see Granderson in the starting lineup, but I'm I'm expecting to see him tonight. 
Uh, Richard Urania has been called up to replace Alemis Diaz. He's he's not going to offer much with the bat off the bench, but again, just something has to fundamentally shift in in Blue Jays' minds here. They they can't keep going like this because this is the exact formula that led them to a last place stint for the majority of last year. So I'm I'm not sure what they do, and it it was compounded by another subpar start from Marcus Stroman. So I'm officially taking that win away from Stephen Brown last week and reclaiming it because Marcus Stroman gave up all more, more hard contact, gave up five runs and in five innings ERA at seven seventy one. He he's worked on the walks. The walks have, have come down, but he's not, he's not getting people to chase anymore. People are, are honing in on his pitches and and they're just wrapping them and I again I'm not sure what Marcus Stroman can do here. He says he's been he's been fiddling around, he's been trying to fix what's going on, but I have not seen any any kind of shift outside of that Minnesota start. And he's set to go against the Red Sox on Sunday and I'm I'm not sure he can get 5 innings against the Red Sox the way he's been pitching. You keep giving up hits like that. You keep letting teams extend innings like that. You just you get burned repeatedly. And I I don't know what Stroman can really do. I mean, he he, he he's not getting all the ground balls that he used to. And even when he does get the ground balls, they're hard hit. They're they're liners. I'm not sure what else Marcus Stroman can do maybe I don't know if he's been studying tape from 2016 or 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 2070 or just some some point that's not this because this is this is disheartening to watch it I I got a um I got a comparison last night uh on on Twitter and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find the tweet here right quick but someone asked if this was comparable to Ricky Romero and the struggles that he had after that contract. I'm not sure the Romero-like struggles because Romero had a much harder time finding the strike zone as opposed to Stroman, who's just getting hit. And again, I'm, I'm not sure... Yeah, here we go. Um, it was at Blue Jay Hip who actually put that out there, that asking if Marcus Stroman had become Ricky Romero. But yeah, he, just Stroman's not putting his pitches where they need to be to generate the contact that he's used to. But I, I'm not sure how long it'll take for him to fix it, if if he can fix it. This is a this is a bad run. This is an incredibly bad run for a guy who, you know, he's dealt with adversity off the field before. We all know the story about coming back from the ACL tear for September, but this is the first really prolonged stretch of adversity on the field, and I'm not sure what Strowman can do if if he can get out of his own head, if he can, you know, reset and and try and figure out 
what's going on because right right now he is so far from the ace of this staff like he he he's i i hesitate to use the phrase matt harvey i don't think marcus stroman's going to be traded to the reds anytime soon but this this is a baffling fall from grace from a guy who looked like he would be counted on for years by this blue jays team and again it it's been it's been a month plus but after a month plus this is when you start getting pictures of people and and they really have to look at what they might have to do with Stroman if he continues this poor run of form into June. Like, you can't have him going through the summer pitching like this. So it's just another question that the Blue Jays face in, in, a, in a year that has quickly turned from, from that fun, st- that lovely start, and, and it's quickly starting to turn south. So we'll, we'll see where they go from here. Um... If you have any ideas on where the Blue Jays go from here, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18, that's N-E-O-A-C-1-8, or at LockedOnJays, and we will we will have a frank and open discussion about these things, or a brief friendly chat, whatever floats your boat more. Um, and be sure to subscribe to Locked on Jays on iTunes or Google Play if you haven't already. It's the best way to make sure you get this content in your ears every day that I am able and and willing to provide for you, which is pretty much all weekdays. So, for everyone here at Locked On Blue Jays, I am Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Take care.